0: Hello and welcome back to day two of our Royal Ascot preview here on GG Weekend Watch, sponsored by SVK, still with Andrew Mount and myself then to look forward to the second day of Royal Ascot. So we shall begin then with the Queen Mary States, which is a group two for the two-year-old fillies, over five furlongs at 2.30. Not much to go on, of course, but plenty of likeable fillies that we've been keeping tabs on this season anyway. So Andrew, kickstart day two with your Queen Mary selection, please.
1: Uh, Dramatised has got to be involved, given that impressive uh, new market win in April when um, she messed up the start, still managed to win by four lengths. And um, there was uh, Maria Bramwell as well, was another one that I was particularly keen on, who uh, upset the favourite at Sandown last time out. And she's one of these James Garfields, uh, as sire um, you and I have talked about a bit, You mm. back all of them and make a profit. First time up, she was a 10-1 to shot when she overcame Greeners to win at first and So she beat Crispy Cat, whose form ties in with um, Blackbeard, a uh, yeah. horse we're talking about for day one. No, she was short-headed by that one on her second start, so uh, I think that was quite a performance um, in, in that Sandown race, six and a half lengths back to the third. That was the uh, um, the Listed National Stakes, and that that form um, you know often uh, proves key at Royal Ascot. So I'll go Maria Bramwell over Dramatised, but those were the two I was looking at.
0: Oh, he stole my thunder with Maria Branwell, Andrew. Yes, completely. I'm glad you agree again, though, and I'm glad we're on the same page again. But yes, it is Maria Branwell then for me as well. So we're doubling up. So sorry to put the curse on you, Andrew. Uh, but in the hope of, I just say, like giving James Garfield a first Royal Ascot winner in his first season as a sire. And he's just, I can't believe the, the the form that his progeny then have been in from a relatively small sample size as well for James Garfield, because he himself, Probably not to be too harsh, probably didn't have the form himself to really be expecting this of him as a first season sire for him as a racehorse. But goodness me, he's producing some likeable types here. And as you say, Maria Bramwell, I loved the attitude this Billy showed last time out when winning the listed national stakes at Sandown to beat, as we've just said, the odds on favourite Ammo Racing owned Crispy Katz, who is a very likeable horse and has bumped into two of my selections now with Blackbeard and Maria Brownwell. But she's already beaten the boys, and I just think she'll remain unbeaten.
1: Yeah, because James Garfield himself ran in the Windsor Castle at Royal Ascot in his second start. He was beaten on his debut, came here a second time out, ran third at 25 to 1 behind a couple of Charlie Appleby runners. And, uh, you know, again, he was still green that day, slowly away. Um, so he, he probably he left the impression he, he should have won more races than he actually did. Stud fees 4,000 euro, but I can see that going up next season
0: skyrocketing then <laughs> as of next season. Yeah, on um, the way that he's been doing so well. And the other horse that I just want to keep one well, will half an eye on here, not just because she's got a cool name, but is Katie Content, uh, who is actually by the leading first season sire of the moment, Havana Gray. She's unbeaten from her two starts so far. Didn't really have to do a lot last time out at Windsor, but she was giving away a penalty in that Phillies novice and she did it oh so easily. So she could still be anything at this stage. Plus, she has a really cool name anyway. So do just keep an eye slightly on Katie content there as well. Right. Next race, we have the Group 2 Queen's Vase at 3.05. This race is for the three year olds over a mile six. So who is going to be your selection for the Queen's Vase, please, Andrew?
1: Um, probably whatever Aidan O'Brien runs, which is a bit of a cop out, but you know, you, you look at the, the well, the last ten years we've had nine renewals. We've had um, um, he, he's won it five times. He's had the second on three occasions. So certainly, for you know, for the place part, he's, he's your go-to guy for it. Um, and yeah, you know, just just looking through, we've got the entries now. He doesn't make it any easier. We've only got twenty-one entries, I think, but he's got five of them. And um, so I need to do more work on this in terms of sort of dosage and breeding and uh, what have you. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be I'll be leaning towards Mr. O'Brien and uh, mm-hmm. trying try to look for horses that are likely to come from off the pace as well and uh, avoiding anything Mark Johnson's likely to run from the front.
0: Yes. Yeah, there you go. Then changing of a guard it is isn't it? <laughs> at this stage. But yeah, anything Aiden O'Brien then in the 305 uh, in the hope that he enters the right ones then as he usually does for that race. Right. The 3.40, we have our first group one on the Wednesday, which is the Prince of Wales, the stakes 4 four-year-olds and over over a mile two, where Bay Bridge bids to give Sir Michael Stout another momentous day, following on from Desert Crown's Derby success, of course, and he looks to have another superstar here in Bay Bridge. So I'm being very unoriginal here, Andrew. I think he's a superstar. I think he'll take the world of beating. He's priced up accordingly, uh, but who do you like?
1: I like Bay Bridge. Now, I'm still kicking myself for not backing him at Sandown on his comeback. He, he was a mm-hmm. horse I was always with last season, tipped up on weekend watch on more than one occasion. Yes. And then I, I just, I think, I think oh, all yeah, the other favourite looks solid. It's first time out. He's a new bay. New bays often need their first run after a break. But he's absolutely slaughtered them, hasn't mm-hmm. he? He's 11 to 4 into 7 to 4. He's 1 by 5 lengths. And uh, this race just looks uh, tailor made for him, doesn't it? And mm-hmm. you know, he's one of these typical stout improvers going through, you know, through the handicap ranks, the, the likes of Pilsudski. And you just think he's going to be incredibly difficult to beat. He's, he's only five to four, but that will probably look big, I think, next week.
0: Yeah, I'd say I sort of was waiting for the prices then, and then I saw it and thought, actually that's probably pretty fair really for Baybridge. So, I mean, originally I wasn't going to nap him because I thought, oh, he's going to go far too short. But to be honest with you, that's lulling me in too much. I know Mm -hmm. that this Japanese horse is being very well touted and very well talked about in second there. but even with that, I just think Baybridge is an absolute superstar. So glad we're singing from the same hy- hymn sheet yet again. Who needs Daryl Carter when yeah. we have a <laughs> <us in agreeing? laughs> You can stay away on his holiday for now, as long as we keep agreeing. Right. Um, uh, I
1: mean, in, in, ter- in terms of, yeah, if you're looking for a bigger price, then, you know, Duck did, did chase home Baybridge at Sandown. So maybe yeah. he's he's the one for the forecast. Although he ran disappointingly in the St. James's Palace stakes last year. Did he handle the ground? Was the ground too quick or you know, or did that sort of test come too early in his career? Uh, and Broom, uh, I'm hoping he runs here over 10 furlongs, because he's a horse with an incredible record over this trip. Um, but he was stepped up to a mile and a half most of the last season. So Aiden O'Brien's Broom, possibly the one for the forecast with Bait Bridge, if you're looking to sort of enhance those Bait Bridge odds.
0: Yep, so Broom then for the forecast uh, behind Babe Bridge. And Broom, who is just oh, he's a really likeable type, isn't he? He's six years old now, but you can't not like the horse. Right, up next then we have the 420. This is Group 2, Duke of Cambridge Stakes for the Phillies and Mares. Four-year-olds and over, over a mile. Not a massive amount of entries for this race, but some likeable types in here are the same, Andrew. So who do you like?
1: Yeah, some good stats for this race. Uh, 15 and 18 runnings, four-year-olds have won it. Uh, five-year-olds are only two from forty-four. Um, that's well below the expected number of winners. Uh, although several did finish second, and uh, it's not been a great race for horses who prepped in a Group One either. So do watch out for that. So you know horses like you know Alcohol Free, Saffron Beach, you know ahead of the market here might oh. might be vulnerable. Uh, you could just back any horse who ran in the top four last time uh, in a Group Two, Group Three, or a Listed race. Uh, you'd have found 10 winners from 65 bets in the last 10 years but made over 30 quid and if you did the four-year-olds only um nine of uh, nine winners from 48 in the last 10 years plus 41 pounds 66 to a one pound stake so there's a few angles to get involved with there mm. um lights on is a horse i love uh, I, I i napped her last time out it was the first day of the new racing post naps table she, she won it 17 to two yeah i thought i'm going to be top I, i'm going to you know, cut out the the naps table from the paper. Someone stabbed out a nine to one shot about 10 minutes later and <laughs> I was second. And then I proceeded to How's tip it? something like um, 22 consecutive losers after that. So oh. uh, after thinking I'm have um, you know i gonna win it now on day one, it was yeah. uh, you know, a, a good lesson that is a marathon, not a sprint. But <laughs> as for this race, um, Pearl's, Pearl's Galore is 92 favorite at the time of recording. Mm. You know, she's a five year old. So lights on, alcohol-free, saffron, beach don't fit the trends. Uh, Bashkarova is interesting. She's the one we mentioned prior to Epsom because she won there. That was in Group Three Company. Uh, five runs at a mile, four wins and a half length seconds. She's going the right way. Um, sacred as well. Uh, we've not seen her so far this season, but um, she's best fresh. I think she's won twice on her seasonal debuts and also won after a big mid-season break so i think it might be deliberate that she's not uh, been on the race course so far this year uh, in statement one i fancied at a big price at epsom uh last week finished fourth and just seemed all at sea on the track and um that, that was a solid enough effort on her first start for kevin ryan i know she goes well when fresh but she's still going to be relatively fresh here only a second start and Ascot could suit better, and she's a big price again. But I'll, I'll go. I'll probably split stakes between Bashkarova and Sacred the Chibnik Prayer.
0: Perfect. I don't know if we're getting Sacred in here. Literally, as we talk, right. we're getting um, the the decks end through for this. And as far as I can see, there's no alcohol free. Ah, uh,
1: yes, got you.
0: No pals galore.
1: <laughs> All right.
0: Sorry, something
1: no, about horses are not even. Yeah.
0: Me. No sacred. No statement. As far as I can see, anyway, that that's sort of. What we're looking at really, which may well change. Oh, Bashkarova, the
1: certainty
0: then. Get- yeah, so Bashkarova, there you go then. Yeah, and, and I'm agreeing with you on Bashkarova as well. I absolutely loved her at Epsom last time out. Sided with her to uphold that form uh, from her previous start then as well at Goodwood, where, no, not to uphold it, to reverse that form of Mrs. Fitzherbert. She managed to do that in really impressive style. So hopefully now we're getting all the signals that she will then take her chance, which is what I was waiting for there for Bashkarova, as a whole host of them have decided. Not to go, which is uh, pretty interesting. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. If you
1: do, maybe if you do want a the Park forecast, there are other one, uh, Potter Pova, who um, yeah. uh, chased home Bashkarova at uh, Epsom, they got this sort of late running start that's often favoured at Ascot. I didn't think she'd run particularly well at Epsom because she normally goes backwards after her seasonal mm-hmm. debut, um, but she, she ran a good race that day, so maybe they'll finish 1 2 again.
0: Yeah, that's it. Or oh, we could go for for the trifecta then, the tricast between all three Chively Parks and we've on it for Sickenharan as well. But uh, yeah, at least Chively Park are, are, are propping up this race somewhat anyway with a fair few of them not electing to go for it, right? The five o'clock then, the easiest race of the week to solve, of course. This is the Royal Hunt Cup, which is a heritage handicap for three-year-olds and over, over a mile. Wide open race this is, but at the time of recording, it is Dark Shift who heads the betting But Andrew nice and easy one for you yet again who
1: wins the royal hunt cup yeah absolutely we, we should talk about last year's race uh briefly as well because there yeah was a massive high draw Wild. bias but a low drawn horse run that was real world mm-hmm. one from a low draw i think something like you know nine um nine of the next 10 were drawn high mm-hmm. um the second third and fourth were tw- came out of stalls 27 30 33 uh, Real World was running off 94, is now rated 118. So he was a handicapped snip, won by almost five lengths. So obviously have a look at what's gone on in days one and two with regard to the draw, because that might help narrow it down nearer the time. I mean, Magical Morning was well drawn when um, eighth in this last year. Um, but he's, I, I still give him a chance here. He's got a touch on the Mr. Wagyu's about him. He seems mm. to be best in June and July. He's only ever run uh, one in those two months, four wins from eight starts. Um, possibly he'll regress Murray's at had a couple of runs because he does seem best on his first couple of runs each season uh after his third or, on his third or subsequent start he's naught from seven placing on a couple of occasions um but yeah i wouldn't rule him out completely certainly one for the play spot if he gets uh, a favorable draw but berringer um again is this one that's um, made the cut at the five-day stage for alan king yes he has he's number 14 um uh, there yeah berringer um made a very pleasing return to action on his first start since August 2020, when a 22-1 to one fourth at, uh, at Newbury the other week. And uh, he always comes on considerably for his first run of the season. He's got second time out figures, first, second, third, uh, first and seventh. I think the seventh was sort of, you know, uh, because of an injury. So I, I thought he obviously had 32 days, good, you know, a good month to get over that comeback mm-hmm. run. Uh, I think he's going to run a cracking race here. So, yeah, Berenger for me, 33 to one. I
0: was going to say 33 to one, (laughs) Berenger, which is a lovely big price and in a a very tricky race. So, like I say, but do just bear in mind with the draw because we know... What can happen then with the Royal Hunt Cup when we look at the draw from the days before? Like I say, not that it helped us find the winner last year, but even so, for everything else in behind it mm-hmm. certainly did for the next, like I say, nine or ten horses or whatever it was behind Real World. So, big price then for the Royal Hunt Cup for Andrew. The next race we're going to be covering, it's back to the two-year-olds, where we have the listed Windsor Castle stakes at 5.35, over five furlongs. So many connections will be trying to split their two-year-olds then between uh, the, obviously all the different races that we have on offer for the two-year-olds. So they might be citing this was their sort of reserve two-year-olds as it was really. So, Andrew, more of these youngsters for you. Who is your idea of the winner, please?
1: Yeah, no, another tricky one. So interesting stat um, with this race. In the last 10 years, if you'd backed every horse that was drawn highest and lowest, so you're having two bets in the race, uh, you'd have found the winner five times from 20 bets. Those winners 22 to 1, 20 to 1, which was our dad, 16 to 1, 7 to 1 and 7 to 2. Uh, Phillies are 0 from 30 so mm. and Geldings naught from 9. So may, maybe look for a Colt with a very high or very low draw, obviously, you know, checking the earlier races and see which uh, which side of the track's favoured. Crispy Cat, who we've talked about previously, uh, could go here. I, I'd certainly be interested if that one did. And Maria Bramwell as well, mm. uh, who uh, beat Crispy Cat at Sandown in the national stakes. Uh, I'd sort of throw a few quid at her if she came here. Uh, um, Wallbank is one Wallbank that uh, our our radio colleague Andy Holdings has been uh, banging on about who was second to noble style here uh, on his debut before winning very impressively in a small field at York uh, in a fast time. So uh, those would be the three that I was looking at at this, at this stage. I'm just say the, the five-day decks have just come through as we're talking. So excuse me for having a quick scroll no, through do. to see if there's anything that uh, that I've missed. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it, it's really sort of crispy cat Maria Bramwell to see um, over Wallbank and to see which one comes here. Yes,
0: yeah, see which one actually elects then to come here. But like I say, Wallbank his second on that debut start. So I think that noble style is a proper animal. I loved that horse then on his debut start winning there. So Wolbach wasn't disgraced and went to one next time out. And it may well be another horse to go close for Ammo Racing, who are just going to go up all the firepower uh, for the 2 year races at Royal Ascot. But the main two bets then, uh, Maria Bramwell, if she does come here, hopefully they'll hear the thingy about the Phillies though, and they'll elect to go down my route instead. Uh, but if not, then her, then the other selection was I've lost him again here. Who was it again? Crispy Cat, there you go. How yep. could we forget? I've talked about him about 5,000 times already on this show. So, Crispy Cat, then, but just going to see who exactly turns up then in the Windsor Castle. Now, our final scheduled race to be covering on day two is at 6.10. This is the Kensington Palace Stakes, which is a handicap for four-year-olds, fillies and mares over a mile. Again, we're not exactly sure who is going to be running at this stage as Andrew quickly scrolls through everything. Uh, But Andrew, for now, at least, who do you like the look of?
1: Yeah, this was a funny one because last year, um, the the pace held up, which was quite strange with the winner and second sat one two throughout, never changing places. A sort of ten to one beat, twelve to one. One of those Fion is running again. Yeah. Uh, and it's interesting to see William Buick's uh, already booked up for this one. He he won on this one, albeit narrowly at uh, at Chester last time out. But it is one where I uh, I'd be sort of reluctant to tip that one without seeing what the, what the pace uh, map is going to look like and how many uh, uh, sort of front runners we can expect. Rosemary and tyne is one that um, um, I, I backed at Lingfield last time out, uh, so two runs ago. That was a Group Three. It was probably a bit optimistic, really. I think she was outclassed. She's since gone to Musselburgh, run respectably on a track that didn't favour her. Come from behind, style. Tom McQuarns on board. Huey uh, Morrison trained. So Rosemary and Time to me at this stage.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah. Rosemary in time and is, is hopefully going to be a decent price as well. Let's say Tom Marquand already jocked up then to ride her as well over Fionn do bear, bear in mind with the pace map then as well for this race. As she said, it definitely came to the fore Lola Shogar and Fionn, them stable mates in this race last year. So That's the Kensington Palace Stakes. Andrew, your nap of day two, please.
1: It's got to be Baybridge, I, uh, I you
0: know. No, no. Yeah. Normally, when you ask me for a
1: nap, I put up an eight-to-one shot. Don't you? Yeah. You sort of say that's not a uh, that's not a you know a sort of nap style price, but yeah, uh, I'm really fancy that by Real World Forecast on day one. I really fancy Bay Bridge on day two. I might have to double them up as well.
0: See, this is when I <laughs> thought I was like, right, Andrew will go for some long shot there. He mm-hmm. always does for his naps, and so I'm definitely going to now be left with Bay Bridge quite comfortably there for in the three forty in the Prince of Wales stakes. Alas, not, but. I may join you on that bandwagon, but if people want to dispute it, then I'll take my chance that Maria Bramwell will run in the 230, uh, then in the Queen Mary. Hopefully. Potentially. But if not, then we're all on the Baybridge bandwagon. Outsider of the day, Andrew?
1: It's got to be um, Berenger. Yeah. In the hunker.
0: 33 to 1 then for Barringer. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I've copped out of this one. I'm checked out. I'm sorry. That's that's two get-out-of-jail-free cards for the mm-hmm. Outsiders of the day because I'm not great at finding the Outsiders anyway. The only time I am is in the handicaps, and I still don't know what's going to go in them. So need to find out the draw for that, though. That was day two covered. Stay tuned for day three.